0: All right. Hello, everyone. And welcome back to our conversations uh, podcast. And let me just mention real quick, um, a couple of you guys have asked about doing like audio only and subscription podcasts, And that is still something we are looking into. But we hope to start that really soon. Um, we just have to actually buy like the hosting stuff. <laughs> and so once we do that, we'll be good to go. But that'll let us get out uh, this message a little bit more. And you won't have to watch the video. You can just listen. Uh, a lot of you have been asking not to see Jeff. So, um, <laughs> oh, is that what it is? That's it. That's it. <laughs> so, uh, so last week we talked about general revelation, and and we're getting into talking about the scriptures and how God has revealed Himself through the scriptures and how the scriptures came to be, and a couple other things. But uh, last week we talked about uh, general revelation and how God reveals Himself through creation, common grace, or good things that happen to everyone, and our conscience. And today we're talking about the other main way that God reveals himself, and that is through special revelation. So, Jeff, let's talk about special revelation.
1: Okay, so um when we talk about special revelation, uh, as compared to general revelation, um, think of okay, have you ever been to okay, Chris? What was the last concert you went to? Oh man, Hootie and the Blowfish and Bare Naked Ladies back
0: in uh was it July? Oh, it was awesome. I, I saw I saw Hootie the Blowfish back in like 03 when they made their last tour. And then now since they broke up and got back together, did their reunion tour. So and, where,
1: where did you see yeah. them at?
0: This was in St. Louis, but when I was in okay. high school, I saw them in Greenville, South Carolina. Oh, okay. wow. Amazing wow. concert, by the okay. way. And Bare Naked Ladies is every bit as good in concert as they are on their albums.
1: Okay, so I'm that old. That was a bad question to ask because, It was, you know. man. I don't even, just the title, Bare Naked Ladies. I mean, you might want to nope. explain who they are for those who don't know who are watching. It. Like, okay, what is the yeah, worst? Yeah, they actually people? did,
0: I can't remember, they actually did a whole album called like We're, were actually men or something? I can't remember what it was. <laughs> anyway, there
1: you go. But yes, they're just a band, regular band, just weird okay. name. Okay, and there you go. It. It's right. loads of fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some people have now just felt better about you. Yes. At this. Okay. all right B N L, as some people reference them, just to avoid <laughs> that whole conversation. Hmm. Um. <laughs> all right. So. Um. You, okay. You see, so you went to the concert. Now, let me ask you this: When you went to the concert you were just a part of the audience you didn't get to go back behind you didn't have like some special ticket did you correct so all right um now have you ever been able to go to a concert enjoy the concert and then have a special ticket to get the backstage pass to meet the the band the lead singer talk to them hang out with them for a while have you ever have you ever done that I have not.
0: About the closest I've come is I saw an old band called Salvador. It was a Christian band. I saw them in
1: concert at a youth event one time. I love El El Salvador. I love it.
0: Yeah. And and, um, the lead singer, I was, I turned around and was talking to a friend and the lead singer threw his sweat rag out into the audience and it smacked me in the shoulder. It was disgusting, but that's the closest I've come. And I don't think that's very close. (laughs) Wow, <laughs> you, you did not know what you were getting into when yeah, you asked I, these I, questions. No, no.
1: I, you know, uh, I did not. <laughs> um, there you go. All right. Uh, so the reason why I'm asking these questions is, um, general revelation is sitting in the audience enjoying the concert from a distance. Okay. You don't know anybody personally. You don't know any details really about them. There's no real personal relationship whatsoever. Uh, but if you get a ticket or a pass to go back and hang out and get the details about the songs, meet the, the, maybe even some of the writers of the songs, ask them questions about where did that song come from? What does that lyric mean? You know, what does it mean to you when, you know, whatever questions you want to ask them, um, general revelation is sitting in the audience special revelation is the backstage pass and you the where general revelation ends special revelation picks up because there's only so much you can know and learn from just observing uh nature you know the the common grace the like the rain, the winter, the sun, the shine, you know, that everybody's going to be blessed with. And there's only so much you can learn from your conscience on what God has placed in there. And, and I mean, it's, it's, a it's really watching God's concert from a distance. You know, the band's real, you know, it's legit. You see the music, you hear, uh, what's going on. You see it happening on stage, but it's way, it's far away. Um, but that special revelation will pull you in and now the eyes are beginning to be dotted. The T's are beginning to be crossed. Uh, you are starting to have much more deeper insight, a personal relationship. And then when special revelation comes around, uh, there's really two major, um, aspects of special revelation. One is through Jesus Christ. Uh, He is special revelation because we see, we get a lot more detail about who God is as we see God in the flesh walking around, talking, doing, teaching, acting, reacting, and, you know, all the things that we pick up about who uh, God is. The second thing, the second aspect of special revelation is the scripture, uh, God's word. And we're going to talk mostly about special revelation in connection with uh with god's word and so before we get into the details of all this um anything you want to add to any of that
0: yeah we're so we're talking about special revelation and if you if you've studied special revelation or if you go online and google it real quick you're going to find a lot of other stuff as well um but that is somewhat relevant to our conversation and somewhat not for this. So you're going to find things about, you know, okay, can God speak to me through a dream or, um, you know, how can we explain uh, there have been numerous books even written about this topic. How can we explain the fact that a missionary goes to a third world country where they've had no contact with the outside and they actually know about Jesus already. Okay. How can that happen? And they say, special revelation. This came to our tribe in a dream or things like that. And so we're going to be talking, I mean, we're kind of going to split special revelation in half in a way and talk about what's a little bit more relevant to our, our scripture discussion here. So if you happen to look up special revelation, you're going to find things we didn't cover.
1: Yeah, because you know, I guess um, you know when I was when you think about when you are when you start getting into special revelation, you get into the you know the nuances of it. You know you're going to find things like um, you're going to find special revelation, and under special revelation, you'll find Jesus, you'll find the Scripture, okay, and then you you, you may even find some things like a, a, what's called a theophany. Uh, they separate that, and the theophany is simply a visible manifestation of God's presence somehow where he's described like a a person or something uh you you know you mentioned dreams visions angels human agents like prophets and all of that stuff most uh theologians bible scholars they will take all of that stuff i just mentioned and they will lump it under the scripture and then they put a cap on it uh, meaning the canon, meaning, okay, there's not going to be any more special revelation in the sense we're going to add to the Bible. Okay. It it closes with Jesus and the, the scripture special revelation in the technical sense is now closed. Um, and so when somebody comes around and say, Hey, I got a special revelation from God and we need to add this to the Bible. Nope. You know, and that's for another conversation, uh, when we get into talking about how did we get the Bible and why is the books that we have, you know, just, you know, is enough, it's sufficient. But, um, but now with that said before, again, I, when you get into special revelation, you get all these little nuances. Um, and so immediately I could, I already know there's some people sitting out there they're listening to this. Well, the question you had, does God still talk to us in dreams and visions through angels? Absolutely. I mean, he can do that if he wants. I mean, you know, you know, God didn't say, okay, I'm never going to communicate that way ever again. But what we can say is God does communicate uh, that way, but it's not again, a revelation in the sense at the level of Jesus in the scripture. Okay. It's just God communicating to you, Uh, you know, and so there are a lot of times people have a revelation that, wow, I need to start treating my spouse better. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Okay. And so, uh, but you know, God's just going to talk to you. I mean, that's the Holy spirit talking to you in some ways. And there are some places and I hear missionaries tell stories all the time about God showing up in miraculous ways, um, and communicating and speaking to them. And I have no problem with that whatsoever. Um, but that's not what we're talking about when we talk about special revelation in this context, if that makes any sense. So, uh, so, the, so that takes us to the first thing I was going to say was special revelation is multifaceted. It, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of ways that God has communicated to us over time uh, through prophets and visions and all this stuff and but however through his through the inspiration of scripture he compiled everything we needed to know into the bible and he has given us exactly uh what we need to know now when we do get into special revelation we do find that it is very specific okay so again general revelation very general okay the big picture all right, you know, we're looking at nature. Wow, God exists. He must be must be a big, powerful God because there's some big, powerful things out there and he made that stuff. And so uh, you get the big picture. Special revelation, in some ways can be called specific revelation because we get down to the details of some things. Uh, this is where we find out, you know, where... Uh, God is powerful and that he's loving and that he's just and that he's merciful. We also begin to discover why we need God because of sin and where did sin come from. And um, and as we go through this series <clears throat> on the various doctrines, we're going to be talking, everything we're talking about from here on out has come from special revelation. That's what, you know, everything that we're talking about um, has come, has come from special revelation. Um now when we when we are talking about special revelation, not only is it multifaceted, uh, and not only is it specific, but it's also uh very truthful. And God is not God does not lie. The Bible's very clear about this. His nature, he cannot lie. Now you and I, we can lie. And sometimes I think we can lie, we can lie, and we don't even know it because we deceive ourselves. I mean, even God told us hey, you know, our heart is very deceitful. You know what I'm saying? Who can know it? And I think there are times where we are just flat out lying to ourselves, believing a lie. We don't even have a clue that we're, that we're believing a lie or even telling ourselves a lie. But when it comes to God's word, special revelation, <clears throat> um, it is very truthful. It it uh, You can count on it. He's not going to tell us a falsehood. He's not going to tell us a a half truth matter of fact if you're taking notes you can write down titus chapter 1 verse 2 that tells us that god that god does not lie all right so if you believe that the word of god is the word of god then that means you're going to have to believe that everything in it is true may not understand it but it's true um so are there any implications that you can think of regarding the whole special revelation, God's word being truthful and why that is important in understanding special revelation?
0: Yeah, I, I think some of it'll come later though, as we're talking about scripture, you know. I mean, we see a lot of okay, if the Bible is true, you know, and and we'll go ahead and say not everything in the Bible is literal. Some of it is metaphorical. We get that, but, but that's not a conversation for right now. But Mm -hmm. if we say everything is true and everything is written by God and good, then eventually we have to come to grips with things like old Testament law. So, so, you know, got a wayward child stone them to death things like that and so we have to be able to to say yes this is good yes this is true but here is also the application you know thousands of years later after you know the birth death and resurrection of christ so so saying everything in the bible has been revealed by god everything is true everything is good also comes with it some implications on okay now let's talk about
1: this well, what you just mentioned is uh, special revelation is progressive, right? Yeah. And so, um, what you have, okay. So what that means is, all right. Special revelation being progressive. What that means is that, okay. So <clears throat> when God began giving a special revelation, uh, through the prophets and all that before we had the scriptures and stuff, um, you know, he began to reveal himself little by little, pulling back the curtains, if you will, removing the layers. And, you know, God revealed that he's the creator, you know, and then, then that God, you know, is loving or that, that God is for the provider and that there's only one God and little by little by little, he just kept revealing himself over time. Eventually we had the Old Testament and uh, within the Old Testament, you have these laws that Chris was talking about and some of them are really weird. I mean, you read that and you think, did they really do that? That seems so cruel, you know? And, um, but, uh, you have these laws, but all the, all the religious laws, all the religious ceremonies, everything was in part revealing who God was and setting the stage for why we needed Jesus. And so then by the time Jesus comes along again, God is revealing himself as progressive little by little. And, um, Jesus comes along we're seeing God in the flesh, you know, we get the gospels, you know, they're starting to write the new Testament. God is doing special revelation, inspiring guys to write certain things. The Bible is finally complete. We have that. And little by little, he has revealed everything that we need to know and that he wants us to know, but it happened over a long period of time. It was progressive. So when you're reading the old Testament, even though the old Testament is special revelation specifically from God, About some detailed stuff, you have to keep in mind you can't just live in the Old Testament because if you do, then you're going to live by the law, not by grace. Because the New Testament completes the Old Testament, the Old Testament is illustrations of what the New Testament's all about, and the Old Testament also points to Jesus and points to the New Testament. So, um, uh, so when you're studying the Bible, you need to know that you know, as you're going through this, that God revealed Himself over time little by little by little by little and you know to be honest with you that's kind of how it is when you become a christian if you don't know god very well but you know i mean you know enough and you get saved you know you're following you don't know a whole lot about god but as you study the word little by little by little you begin to learn who he is you know you begin to grow and god was actually taking a natural way uh to reveal himself that would make sense to humans over over a long period of time but that's progress that's that progressive revelation aspect of special revelation all right so we have special revelation um you know it's multifaceted we get it um it's specific it's gonna fill in the gaps you know you're gonna go backstage you get see some details Hear some stuff uh when it comes to god and his plan you're, you move from the audience to the backstage uh, it is truthful God does not lie uh, oh another verse to write down if you're taking notes is Hebrews 618 where it says it is impossible for God to lie you know people ask me from time to time is there anything that God cannot do you know if he's all-powerful is there anything he cannot do yes there is at least one thing he cannot do he cannot lie he said it not me okay it's impossible for God to lie. Hebrews chapter six, verse 18. Uh, so he's going to tell you the truth. Now here's the deal. If he's telling us the truth and we believe it is the truth that this special revelation called scripture is the truth, then it also needs to go to the next point, And that is special revelation is authoritative. Okay. So now it needs to have authority over, uh, over our life and i think this is one of those areas where a lot of people struggle because i think some folks they enjoy studying the bible like a history book it's fascinating a lot of cool stories in it you know what i'm saying uh sometimes it's like kind of like a sci-fi supernatural movie you know when you're reading it um but it's not authoritative i mean they're not they're not seeing it as this is god who set not I sat down and wrote us a book, but they you know that where God sent us a special message and uh specifically about a lot of things, including some things very practical, like there are sections in the Bible, a special revelation, the details uh on on uh, marriage, okay, for husband and wives, you know, the role of the husband, role of the wife, how that looks, how you love each other, how you respect each other. There's stuff in the Bible. Very specific about that. Matter of fact, there's even one little section in First Peter where it taught where it's spe- God is specifically talking to Christian women who are married to non-believing men, and how how to and how I mean, that's very specific, you know. And there's stuff about money, and there's stuff about child raising, and there's stuff about health, and there's stuff stuff about your mind, and there's stuff about emotions, and God is again giving us the details through special revelation. On how he wants us to live and the truth he wants us to know. I mean, he designed everything, he created everything, and he's basically saying, "Look, I'm going to give you a manual. I'm going to show you how this stuff is supposed to work. And if you do what I say, you let it, the special revelation be authority over your life. Uh, you're going to be blessed by, it, you know, because you're going to be obeying it, and the blessings come, come, uh, come from that. Um, so, okay, on this authority thing, we're talking about special revelation, talking about scripture um why is it and i'm talking about christians why is it that christians seem to struggle with applying and obeying the word in and i'm not talking about the cup just the obvious stuff it's hard I, man um you know one of my friends that i've done some
0: some bible study with he um Oh, this was years back. He he read the Bible through for the first time. Uh, really cool accomplishment. You know, it was something that, that he just wasn't going to do in the past. But then he felt, you know, hey, man, I got to get into the Bible. And he, he walked into my office and sat down and said, why don't people read this thing? And I said, hey, listen, bud, they read it, but they don't do it and that's the big difference um you know i had friends in college that said yeah i've read the bible but you know i'm an atheist i'm not going to apply it to my life or whatever but yeah i've read it it's a liter. it's from the perspective of an outsider is a great literary work uh it's got everything if you were reading it as a book as a work of fiction it's still incredible but it doesn't change us and at some point we have to allow the bible to change us but honestly uh change is uncomfortable. Um, Deciding to do something because the Bible tells you to is very difficult, um, especially when you come across a passage. I mean, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, only what's good for building people up. oof uh, it's convicting. And then, you know, show proper respect to everyone. Oh, man, that is show proper respect to everyone. Five words, zero qualifiers that's it just do it and and the (laughs) amount of fighting that people do to not do that myself included is incredible because i think it's uncomfortable as humans we like comfort and we don't like to change and we don't like to feel bad about ourselves we don't like to feel convicted and that's what the bible does the um the bible calls itself a two-edged sword and it it divides And that's uncomfortable. When it divides things, it's uncomfortable and it shows us what's wrong. It convicts us and it wants to change us. And that's
1: not fun. No, it's not. And there is something about our old nature that fights authority. We don't want to be told what to do, you know, and, and if the authority tells us something, that doesn't quite make sense to us, then that authority is wrong and we're right. Even if it's the Bible, you know what I'm saying? There must be
0: some other way to look at this passage, right? Yeah. There's got to be something I'm missing. No, you're not missing anything. That's what it says. No, there's something I'm missing here. Right. (laughs) That's our (laughs) attitude too much.
1: It is. And, you know, okay. I mean, I mentioned marriage a while ago. And so, you know, there are Christian couples. I'm talking Christian couples here christian couples who i have counseled over the years and i will we'll, we'll dive into what it means to love one another and all that stuff and and there are no clear there there's no uh qualifiers that say okay y'all are to love each other as long as okay i mean, be and, and they they want that so bad you know and now there are some things where the Bible says, you know, Jesus says stuff like, if your, you know, spouse is unfaithful, you know, and uh, there's some, there's some wiggle room there, and there's some other things. But when it comes to just, man, you know, he or she annoys me. I, they don't make me happy anymore. The, you know, and I just want out. You know, and it, it's all it, all, it all becomes about, you know, you. Well, the Bible addresses all that again, that special revelation. And I think our rebellious, selfish, sinful nature causes us not to want the Bible to tell us what we don't want to hear, you know? And there's that movie with, uh, I didn't see it, but that, Oh, it's that line from, Oh, that guy that played the um, newscaster. Why can't we just tell are them what talking, they want to hear? Are you talking about anchor man? Oh goodness, man. Yeah, I didn't see that we're, one, but uh I do not know allowed
0: to say anything about that movie on here, I don't think.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't get. I didn't see it, but I do know this one line came from it. Why can't we I tell them what it, they yeah. want to hear? You know what I'm saying? Yes. And, and God does not have that mindset. Okay? He is want He is going to tell you what you need to hear, and it is hard to swallow sometimes. And uh um again, this is special revelation. Now, here's what's going to happen. If you get serious about studying the word, uh, as you study the Bible, you are going to come across some things about God, about yourself, about other things that the Bible addresses that are going to bother you. And you're not going to want it to be true. You're just, you're not going to, you're going to, you're going to try to redefine words. You're going to try to see something else in the context, you're going to do, you just said, surely that cannot be, I don't like what I'm reading, or what I think that may mean.
0: Yeah, it's really, it's really difficult, because, and I wrote a whole article years back, man, that got a lot of pushback, um, because we talked about, okay, what about when the Bible makes us uncomfortable, and we talked about this idea of, all right, so let's bring our own subjective views into it. Let's, let's go ahead and get out there. You cannot read the Bible objectively. Um, It it is, you have to fight to read the Bible objectively because we're always going to bring our own lens and our own filter into it. So, so the example that I've seen used and that I used was American revolution, right or wrong. And, Hmm. and so the question becomes, okay, now, if we're supposed to respect the rulers that God put in charge, was the Revolutionary War okay? And whether you believe so or not, what happens is the overwhelming majority of American Christians say, yes, of course it was right, because it gave us America. So it's it's the subjectivity of scripture as well. We, we like to fight to twist scripture just right to fit into our own worldview.
1: Yeah, and that's where, especially when you get into scripture and ethics, you know, that's where it starts getting a little difficult. And I want to tell you, if you, if you want to get messed up, <laughs> take a class on biblical ethics. It's hard. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some decisions are not black and white. Right. And, uh, and that comes into interpretation and conviction and conscience. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. <laughs> Uh which but that what might be a man, that might be a good series of podcasts too. Biblical ethics on how to I'll let you handle that one. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. It hurts, me. That's hard. It's yeah, so it hard. Is. Oh man, that's tough. But we do it all the time. I mean, without knowing it, we are making <laughs> right. ethical decisions about what we hear on the radio, see on the right. TV, or some people are making decisions based on what they're hearing from from us right now. You yeah, know? absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh so um where I'm headed with, with this part is that this rebellious nature, as you study, I mean, okay, again, when you get into the word and you start learning some details, some necessary stuff you need to know, um, you're going to struggle with what God has to say about like hell, his wrath, maybe even struggle with what he has to say about free will versus predestination, you know, things that are just going to challenge what you, Thought or feel about certain theology. And so, um, uh, but here's the deal on the other side of all this, if you can defend your view graciously and it's impacting your life, um, you know, uh, with the Word of God, that's where you want to be. You don't want to say, well, I believe A, B, and C because I feel like. Okay, no, don't, you can't do that. No. Uh, I, I mean, I respect your feelings and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but we're, that's not going to hold water. Uh, you want to be able to, uh, base what you believe on the word of God, be able to say, Hey, well, here's what the word teaches. This is what I'm seeing. And, uh, but also at the same time, be open, have convictions about what the Bible says, but also be open at, to learn some new things as you go, that mm-hmm. God will reveal to you again you are on your own personal progressive revelation god is as you spend time with the word you're just going to learn more and more and some things you struggled with 10 years ago you don't struggle with now because some pieces have fit together for you um all right so special revelation is a progressive as well um special revelation is also sufficient okay so Um, There are some folks out there who uh, they will put church tradition um, on the same level as the word, okay, you know, the scripture. They might even put a, a certain religious individual on what they say, equal with the word uh, with the word of God, um, they might even put experiences, their personal experiences, you know, where that sometimes might even trump the word of God, you know, uh, because this is what they've experienced. Therefore, this is true, regardless of what the word says. And I think we, we, when you talk about special revelation, um, you're going to, when you study the word, the doctrine of scripture, um you're gonna find that the word of god is sufficient you don't you let the word of god explain your experiences you know what i'm saying you let the word of god you know you know you filter whatever somebody or church history or tradition or some spiritual leader is saying through the word of god you know you know you don't ever let any of that other stuff become more important than the word because you're just going to get in trouble at that point and you're gonna go down some weird paths and some weird beliefs and i don't want to get into the, some of the details but there's some things out there that that people who claim to be christians and they read the bible and they're they've added to the bible they have extra books to the bible um they uh, they listen to other religious leaders and they say well you know so and so says and that's what we believe and the church has done this for x amount of years the church has believed this for x amount of years so it's got to be true and um not necessarily. And so, uh, but the, the scripture is sufficient. It's, um, God gave us exactly, gave you exactly what you need. And he has told you in his word, what he wants you to know, what you need to know. Um, now with that said, I'm going to get in trouble. Here we go. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, so excited for this. Yeah, I bet you are. So several years ago, uh, I was a uh, pastor of a church and, um, in Alabama and some precious people there. Okay. But, um, I was talking about the word of God. I was talking about this subject, but not using special revelation terminology just saying, you know, the authority of the word and the, uh, the sufficiency of the scripture. And I said, Uh, after talking about you need to know the word and then you need to do the word. Then I said, um, there are times where you need to put the word down and go get godly advice. Okay. Now, now if you know the Bible, the Bible says, go get advice. Many counselors lead to success. You know, Proverbs is full of that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? About going and getting godly counsel. But what some people heard was, ignore the Bible and go talk to people. Okay. So, um, and I mean, man, I got hammered. Okay. Because, because what they, what they, what they were doing from my perspective, my perspective was they were, they believed in the all sufficiency of the scripture, but it was legalistic. Okay. They, they would take the view. You don't need to go get counsel because the word of God is all you need. And when I say the scripture, the special revelation is sufficient. The scripture is sufficient. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's sufficient to tell you the truth. Okay. It tells you everything you need to know. So if it tells you to go get advice, you know what you need to do? Close the Bible. Go get advice. Go get some advice. And there are
0: there are entire denominations. There are pastors. There are lay people. Everything that that would stake their entire theological claim in this area on um, the Bible is the only book you should be reading. I've taken a beating before for recommending books. Man, hey, you need to go check out this book on healing or on you know right. uh, on you know emotional health. Well, no, 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 you can't recommend books because the Bible is the only one you're going, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very legalistic view, and it, it definitely takes that sufficiency all the way to the
1: extreme and, and kind of yeah. butchers
0: the word sufficiency, too.
1: Yeah, it does. It's so misleading, and it's harmful. And, uh, and I just want to, when I, whenever I use that word sufficient connected with the word, uh, with the Bible, you know, I feel like I need to clarify because there are some people out there who have been taught and have been told. All you need is the Bible. Uh, well, that is true, but it's not legalistically true, right? you know, uh, because you do need the Bible. Again, the Bible is very practical. So when the Bible's talking about loving, I'll go like this marriage thing. Um, you know, the Bible's talking about show respect to your husband because the Bible talk, in Ephesians. It says, you know, husbands ought to love their wives. And then later on it says wives ought to respect their husbands with no strings attached. I mean, there's no qualifiers there, but okay. So there are some ladies who need to go talk to some other women who have respected their husbands very well and say, okay, I don't know how to do this. The Bible says I need to respect him, but what does that mean when he doesn't respect me at all? You know? And so, uh, and husbands need to talk to other men who love their wives. Well, and say, I don't know how to love this woman. She is getting on my nerves, you know, and how does this work? So, um, and there's no shame in that, but again, the Bible is sufficient special special revelation is sufficient. okay, yeah. how are we doing on time? By um way?
0: we're at like thirty five minutes
1: okay, <laughs> it that's what
0: through, but no, I was gonna say man the um the sufficiency of scripture i I was asked about it at one point, and I told somebody you know here's the thing man, if you were in a in a community where or in a time period where you had no books, no other people, things like that that the Bible would be all you need, but God has also given us, you know, he's given people the ability to interpret the Bible and to work with the Bible. And so those are helpful too. So use, use both, but trust what you're using, you know, make sure you're getting stuff that's good. And it, you know, um, I can't recommend books that are, that have bad theology. And so, you know, finding good things, things that actually interpret the scripture rightly,
1: yeah, and you know, and Chris, all Chris, every Christian book I've ever read, every one, just from my understanding of the Bible, I'll be reading through it and I'll go, uh, I don't know about that, you know? Yep. Yep. And so, uh, there's no perfect human book out there that some Christian author wrote, you know? And so, I mean, even if you are into Tony Evans or Max Cato or even. Billy Graham books that he he used to write from way back when, or if you're reading Chip Ingram or whoever, Andy Stanley, I'm trying to name a Francis Chan. I mean, you're going to read some stuff that, you know, you're going to just going to go, I don't know about that. but you you should, that's healthy. Yeah, that is healthy. And you should evaluate everything they say through what the word says and let it challenge you. Now there are some books out there that are just bad from cover to cover. You know, and uh, there's this one book um, um, I bought just simply because I wanted to see what he had to say. And I knew it was bad when I bought it. It was a bad book. And <laughs> yes, I think I know which one you're talking about. I read I that one
0: too. And no, was, I don't think,
1: I, I, you probably haven't read it. Maybe not. One. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so this guy, he wrote, he was a man, mega church pastor years ago. And he went down the path of universalism. And that oh, is that the book you're thinking of? I'm
0: pretty sure. Okay, let's throw it out. I mean, the Bible is very clear, but love wins, Rob Bell.
1: Nope. Oh man, uh, so cool.
0: Same story though. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Him,
1: yeah. Well, this book's like 400 pages long, and oh, he's walking read that one. Okay, he's walking through his journey about how he went from believing that you had to place your faith in Jesus and to uh, that when Jesus died on the cross, rose again. Just as Adam brought sin into mankind, Jesus removed it all. And so we're all saved, whether we believe or not, universalism, universal salvation. And so, um uh I, mean, I wouldn't recommend that book at all. But, uh, but
0: sometimes we read those books just to be able to have the conversation. Uh, right. A few years back, the Heaven is for Real movie came out right, and the book right. had come out before that. And um, Ben Schnipper and I, I mean, read through the book. Just to be able to say, "Hey, man, we got to have this conversation," and it was full of stuff that we're going, "Ah, uh-uh, man, that ain't right." And so, and later on, he came out and said, and you know, I mean, writing articles for it and doing classes for it and stuff, just saying, "Hey, here's the thing." Mm-hmm. um I mean, big amounts of pushback, and so you know, and then later on, they came back and recanted the whole thing. He had talked his kid into lying about it and so and you're
1: going well yeah i mean that's kind of what we said but you know <laughs> so anyway but yeah, yeah so yeah because you know I, there's a you know when i first got saved i would not i should not read any what like the books i'm talking about right uh, just because it would have been unhealthy because I was still too much i didn't i knew you're so malleable, yes. yes moldable and moldable yes impressionable Yes, all that. And somewhere along the way, you'll know when you're there, when you're able to, when you get a good grasp of some solid theology and you're able to recognize some good and bad stuff, um, uh, then you can start reading some things that you know are questionable going into it. But like Chris said, you know, we'll read those just because I just really want to know their logic thinking in the process of right. how did they get to this bad theology when they used to be on good theology? How did that happen right. and if they were ever on good theology to begin with, but uh well you know their their thinking so, all right, so I think our time is up yep, oh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah way up to, okay, so now next week, all right we're got we got a guest. Dr. Jeff Bingham will be here from with us from uh, Southwestern uh, Theological Seminary out of uh, Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, he's going to spend uh, a couple of sessions with us. And we're going to specifically talk about the doctrine of salvation. You know, what is it? Can you lose your salvation? Uh, why do we need salvation? What about salvation and baptism? Why? Why do some people believe you got to have? faith in christ plus something else you know and so uh and a few other things we're going to be taking a look at um uh, it will be uh worth your time and i would encourage you to put on your calendar If you can't listen to it next week at six o'clock you know find us and uh watch it find it watch us later all right chris anything else nope that's it we will see you
0: guys next week all right later